just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is Monday. We're going to start out another motherfucking week. And I have a feeling it's going to get a little crazy. Donald Trump is becoming a little unhinged, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. I hope you enjoyed the show I did with Rational Gen X. I promised I wouldn't give his name out. He's a younger guy. He works for somebody. So... We're not talking names, but rational Gen X. And as I told him on the show, I think, maybe it was before the show, there's another guy on Twitter that goes by Rational Millennial. <laughs> Somebody asked me, are you are you mad that they stole the rational part and kind of copied you? And I said, well, I don't know if they copied me, but no, I don't. I mean, I'm happy to have as many fucking rational people as we can possibly get. And uh, anyway, Rational Gen X was a great guy to do the show. He did it on short notice, and uh, he did a hell of a job. Very smart guy, very educated guy, in many ways much smarter than I I am. Uh, He knows a lot of the details. I'm more of looking at things and analyzing it. He knows the details, and it was fun to have him on, and and, uh, we will definitely have him back on the program. you remember when I talked to Tony Michaels, another smart young guy was on the show at one point. That went pretty well. I'm going to reach out to him and see if uh, he has some time to come back on at some point next week or so. Uh, and again, a reminder, he has a podcast too called the Tony Michaels Podcast. I would suggest you take a listen to it. And I was going to tell you something. I was questioning whether I was going to tell you about this or not, but what the hell? Um, I got a DM from somebody on TikTok who happens to live kind of close to where I live. And the gentleman uh, was a listener of the podcast and of TikTok. And he said, "Uh, hey, do you want to meet for coffee sometime? I said, fuck yeah. What the hell? I don't care. And uh, so I met up with him and he brought his 19-year-old daughter who is a listener of the podcast, believe it or not, and the TikToks. And I had a wonderful experience. Uh, These were very nice folks, and it's very gratifying getting to meet people who actually take the time to listen or view me on TikTok and in the podcast. So my thanks go out to them. And again, I won't give you their names either. Because I know most of you people are really good people, but... It'd be the one time we get one of those freaks that listen to the show, and I'm not going to expose them to that. It's bad enough. People roughly know who I am. Anyway, today is kind of an important day, potentially a tragic day, because you'll remember a few weeks ago, Tucker Carlson announced that today, the Monday after Thanksgiving, we would run out of diesel fuel. There would be no diesel fuel Trucks would stop running. Tractors would stop running. And the world would come to a halt and all hell would break loose. But you know, it's funny. I haven't noticed any shortage of diesel fuel. Yesterday, certainly. And I know it's supposed to be today. But I didn't get any impression that anybody was really worried about it. See, Tucker Carlson was just taking... A situation and exaggerating it. Apparently with diesel fuel at no time do we have more than 25 or 28 days in reserve of diesel fuel. And if we didn't do any refining of said diesel fuel then we would run out. But of course the process keeps going. We've been 25 days away from being done with diesel fuel just about every month for years. But for whatever reason, Tucker Carlson wants to bring this up to try to make a point. But clearly, he's not afraid to fucking lie. And you know there were people out there that were 
freaking out, going, oh, my God. Because let's be honest, if the trucks and the tractors and such stop, our economy is fucked. I mean, a lot of what's happening in the economy gets moved on trucks. It would be a problem. But this never really was a problem. This is just some bullshit problem that Tucker Carlson came up with and wanted to scare people with. Now, after you've experienced this, knowing that he lied, knowing that he exaggerated, why would you listen to that motherfucker anymore? I can only think of one good reason, because you're fucking stupid. And I can say that knowing that most, if not all of you that are listening to this show, wouldn't waste your time listening to Tucker Carlson. And even if you did, you wouldn't believe a fucking word he said. So, uh, Tucker, fuck you. Oh, and if you want to be on the show, just email me. I'll put you on the show. I'd love to talk to Tucker Carlson. Of course, he won't do that. He's got a big audience. He doesn't need any help from the rational boomer. Plus, he's fucking scared. <laughs> no, he's probably not scared. I'm just trying to taunt him here in case in case I could get him to come on. Anyhow, let's talk about what's happening in the world. We're starting this week, and, and I have this feeling that we're going to have some crazy shit this week. Things have been heating up with Jack Smith um, in the investigation into the top-secret documents and the January 6th committee. Donald Trump is absolutely freaking out, fucking freaking out. So I have a feeling he has a sense of something about to drop. And I think Jack Smith is uh, not going to drag his feet here. He basically put out a memo saying, Donald Trump is clearly lying, and I ain't fucking around. And this is troubling to Donald Trump. I think he finally is seeing the possibility that for once in his life, he may be accountable for something. And unfortunately, these things that he is going to be accountable for may affect his freedom, will certainly affect his political career, and break his bank account. So I'm excited. I'm really fucking excited. Now, of course, we've got the situation where uh, Donald Trump had a little dinner party with Kanye West and a white supremacist named Nick Fuentes. Now, this really caused a backlash. Why Donald Trump would deign to have a dinner party with Nick Fuentes? This guy's a fucking goofball. If you ever see his videos, he is fucking nuts. I mean, to the point where I'm not sure if he really believes this shit or he's just trying to be loud and obnoxious a la Alex Jones to try to get viewers. I know he does say sometimes, well, everything I say on there is sarcastic. Well, yeah, no, it's not. Anti-Semitism, a Holocaust denier, a white supremacist, even if you are kidding it's still not a good thing to do. So this is bit Donald Trump in the ass, you know. And uh, even Republicans are saying, well, this is, this is fucked up. So now Donald Trump has to retort. He has to say something in response. And he needs to save himself. So Do Donald Trump is calling Ye, and I'm not going to call him Ye. His name is fucking Kanye. You don't get to make up your own fucking nicknames. Anyway, he's calling Kanye a seriously troubled man. Now, that's true. That is true. Don, uh, uh, yeah, Kanye, Kanye uh, West is a troubled man. He's emotionally broken. But then so is Donald Trump, and I'm guessing Nick Fuentes is too. Now, this was Trump's third attempt on Truth Social to, well, backpedal from his hugely controversial meeting last Tuesday. Um, so he goes on to say, so I help a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. Why did he have to say that? He's a seriously troubled man who just happens to be black. Why did he add that last part on? Well, because he's a fucking racist. 
Trump wrote on Saturday offering very much needed advice. Yeah, we want to get advice from Donald Trump, who's fucked up his presidential career, his political career, his businesses, and his potential freedom. Yeah, this is the guy I want to get advice from. Trump says, uh, Kanye has always been good to me. The former president insisted yet again in the post that he didn't know Fuentes, who accompanied Kanye to dinner. Well, Kanye did say he seemed to like Fuentes. He got a chance to talk to him. And maybe he didn't know who he was up front, but Fuentes knew who he was. And he uh, tried to get on Donald's good side. So maybe he said some racist things or anti-Semitic things. And it's reported from Kanye that Donald Trump said, uh, yeah, I like him. He really gets gets me. Well, Nick Fuentes is a fucking freak. Watch his videos. Only for a short time because your eyes might start burning. But he is a fucking crazy motherfucker. Now, as of Saturday, Kanye had not responded to Trump's latest truth social message, which is surprising because Kanye is much like Donald Trump. You hit him with something, he's going to hit you back fast and hard. Now, of course, he's talked openly about being bipolar, a condition he's also referred to as a superpower. That's a good idea, Kanye. Keep it positive. Now, in terms of Fuentes, Trump was very impressed with him, according to Kanye. Um, Trump even praised Fuentes at dinner. He gets me, the former president said, according to the Times. But in each of the three posts, Trump emphasized that he had no idea who Fuentes is. Fuentes himself hedged on the issue. So people are talking to Fuentes now and Uh, He did a podcast Friday. I don't think he knew that I was me at the dinner. Well, sure, you're going to be a sycophant to Donald Trump. You're going to try to save his ass. He said, at least initially, Fuentes said with a laugh, let's put it that way. I don't know if I'm going to say he didn't know me. I'm not sure about that. So you're saying he didn't know you, but now you're saying, well, I'm not too fucking sure. Now, this Fuentes clown uh, is a high-profile right-wing extremist, and he supports allies of Trump like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gosar. Um, He's caused a lot of controversy. Um, And as for Kanye appalling statements about the Jews. You remember what he said about that. He uh, said some negative, I'm going to go death, death con three on the Jews. You remember that. Um, Kanye said he expressed no anti-Semitism at the dinner. Well, that's nice. Maybe you learned to listen. So you're acknowledging that what you said before was anti-Semitic, and now you're just making us feel better by saying, you know, we talked, but I didn't do any anti-Semitism. Trump noted that he appreciated all the nice things Kanye uh, said about him on Tucker Carlson. Now, the dinner was initially revealed. See, this, this this is the thing. If Kanye and Donald Trump didn't have their egos going crazy, nobody would have ever known about this. At all. But of course, Kanye had to do a video, and it was about him getting ready to run in 2024, which is an absolute joke. Now, Kanye claims <laughs> that he asked Donald Trump to be his vice president and that Trump screamed at him. <laughs> well, of course he did, Kanye. He's a fucking narcissist like you. He's been all, already been the president, and now when you come in, some clown off the street, because that's what you are, and you say, you could be my vice president, of course somebody like Donald Trump is going to be pissed off. Now, Chris Christie, here, here's a fucking clown that I can't stand. He's such a suck ass. He was on his knees kissing the ring of Donald Trump for 
five years. And now he's seeing that as a liability. So he said on Friday that Trump's dinner makes him untenable candidate for president. Yeah, no shit. Is that the only thing that you think makes him untenable? You think stealing documents and uh, insurrection and all the other crimes he's committed? You don't say anything about that, but that goddamn dinner, that's going to keep him from being president. Christie said, this is just another example of an awful lack of judgment for Donald Trump. Now, he would never say this unless Christie was trying to rehabilitate himself and look for running for office. God, I hope he's not thinking about president because um, he doesn't have a fucking prayer. He has less of a prayer than Mike Pence has. The Republican Jewish Coalition also retreated a message from U.S. Ambassador to Israel David M. Friedman telling Trump his meeting with both the anti-Semitic Kanye and Fuentes was unacceptable. Didn't Donald tell us nobody's done more for Israel? Nobody's done more for the Jews than me. And now they're admonishing you, Donald. You can fuck up everything. You do fuck up everything. So I wonder, I wonder if he's going to be more careful on the people he hosts at Mar-a-Lago. Probably wouldn't have Roger Stone back. Probably wouldn't have Jenny Thomas back. Because shit's going to go south for both of them, as well as Donald Trump, and it's just not going to look good. Probably not a good idea that you have some of these fucking racist, uh, anti-Semites, and the like there. Now, as I was saying before, Donald Trump is freaking out about this Jack Smith. I, I, I assume he's getting input on what kind of guy Jack Smith is. As I said yesterday's podcast and the podcast before, when Merrick Garland first announced that he was assigning or appointing a special counsel, I thought, oh, what a puss. He's just kicking the can down the road, putting it on somebody else, causing more delays. But the more I read into this guy, I read about this guy, I realize that he's just a fucking hitman. He's a hired gun. He's just making this whole process quicker and easier for Merrick Garland, and I'm all for that. Now, in early Sunday morning, former President Trump picked up where he left off late Saturday night, attacking special counsel Jack Smith. On Thursday, Smith made his first move with a stern letter to the 11th Circuit of Appeals that is expected to pave the way for the Justice Department to investigate the theft of government documents hidden at Mar-a-Lago without interference from Trump-appointed Judge Aileen Cannon. And and I'll be perfectly honest, I think um, Aileen Cannon, the judge, is going to get fucking slammed. I mean, she was so obvious about her preference to Donald Trump. And she's a fucking judge. She's not supposed to have preference. She's supposed to be unbiased. But clearly, in this case, she was extremely biased. Now, in turn, uh, that has led to the former president to begin a drumbeat of complaints about Smith in an attempt to smear him before he gets deeply involved in the investigation of Trump and his cronies. Now, this is what Donald Trump always does. He, He will try to discount, discredit whoever is coming after him. And I think he's particularly concerned about this situation Because it's going to be hard to discredit Jack Smith. He's a pretty solid, pretty honest, pretty straightforward guy. Now, Trump wrote in his true social account, This sounds fair, doesn't it? The Justice Department is corrupt. They offered Christopher Steele a million dollars to lie about me, paid Russians a fortune to get Trump told Facebook not to mention the Hunter Biden laptop before the election. It was Russian disinformation when they knew it was not. Is Trump hater Jack Smith going to investigate that? 
Will his Trump-hating boss, Lisa M., allow him to investigate the reason for the January 6th, the corrupt 2020 election, or the troops I recommended to be sent? They probably won't look into that, Donald, because that's all fucking lies. All of it's lies. You know, the Russian meddling in 2020 was clearly there. Clearly, the Democrats had nothing to do with the Russians because the Russians came out and said specifically, yes, they were meddling and they were doing it to the benefit of Donald Trump. So are you trying to tell me the Democrats were trying to get the Russians to help you? I find that fucking hard to believe. I don't think that's the case. Now, he did like 50 or 60 truths. And this is the thing that fucks me up about True Social. Nobody's really on it. There aren't that many people on it. But it doesn't matter because then the media takes up these truths and puts them on the air. So he essentially has the same kind of clout as he did with Twitter. Now, he hasn't sent out one tweet. Apparently, he has some exclusive contract with True Social. And if he does put out a tweet... (laughs) He's going to have to pay a lot of money, which he doesn't have. And Elon Musk is getting pissed about it because uh, getting Donnie back on Twitter would be a big boon to him. It would be profitable to him, or at least he thinks it would. So now that he's mad, he comes out and says, well, I'm going to support Ron DeSantis. That's got to make Donnie pretty happy. Now, in spite of all that, Early Saturday morning, he continued, Jack Smith, a nice soft name, isn't it? Oh, really, you're going to fuck with his name. Like, that makes a difference. He is a political hitman who is totally compromised and shouldn't be allowed anywhere near our already highly weaponized and corrupt Justice Department and FBI, which are stuffed with and listening to radical left monsters who will cause difficulties for our country, the likes of which we have not seen before. He loves that line. The likes of which we've not seen before. Everything he ever says, he always ends it like that, assuming that's going to give it more power, more credibility. (laughs) He goes on to say, by the way, Obama spied on my my campaign and got caught. Not true. And what about the massive Joe Hunter and Joe and Hunter Biden corruption? Evidence is already in. No, it's not. Well, actually, it is. You know, the the Hunter Biden's laptop has been in the possession of the FBI since 2019. And if you recall, the FBI was under your control, meaning Donald Trump, in 2019. So with all this massive evidence, how come your FBI didn't do jack shit? How come? I mean, you would think if it's uh, as ominous as, as he claims it to be, why didn't they do anything about it at the time? I mean, it was your administration. You had William Barr as attorney general. You pretty much control and you weaponized the DOJ. Why didn't you do something with it? Now you're telling us, now that Joe Biden's in control and Merrick Garland is the AG, that they're trying to hide something. I I, I don't get that. Why didn't you do something? Well, because there's nothing fucking there. Nothing like you're suggesting anyway. And not content with all that, moments later, he, in all caps, said, The fake news is the most corrupt of all. They are truly the enemy of the people, the enemy of the USA. Turn in the Supreme Court leaker. I'm all for turning in the Supreme Court leaker because we think it's Judge Alito, one of Donnie's buddy. But this is what he does. The fact that they're all caps. I mean, he knows what that means. He's done enough with social media. This fucker is nervous. This fucker is concerned. And he should be. Because I think... uh, Jack Smith is going to start taking down Donald Trump and all the people around him. This is going to be horrific for Donald Trump. And he is mad as hell. Now, I don't think he's even mad. I think he's scared. 
And he should be scared. He's broken a lot of laws. He's broken a lot of norms. And he has not been accountable for anything. Now, people are still saying to me, and it's frustrating to me to no end, they'll say, nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump or anybody else. They'll all just get off because rich people and politicians just get off. Are you really fucking serious about that? Are you honestly telling me nothing's going to happen? Let's look at Donald Trump. Shit has already happened. His full company is on trial for fraud. I think we're just waiting for the... uh, for the uh, uh, jury to come back and give its decision. His own CFO of his company testified. We've got uh, the Manhattan District once again looking into the Stormy Daniels situation, this time into Donald Trump, which should be an easy indictment given that they already indicted Michael Cohen, and Michael Cohen couldn't have been indicted unless he had somebody he was conspiring with or somebody who directed him to do what he did, and that, of course, would be Donald Trump. Donald Trump can claim that there is nothing against him, that he's been found innocent of everything. That's all bullshit. We should know by now, in the last six years of listening to his shit, he constantly lies He tries to say it loud or in all caps when it comes to true social. Say it loud enough and long enough and more, more, uh, most frequent enough where people start to believe it. Well, unfortunately for Donald Trump, fewer and fewer people are, are believing it. I saw a video recently of a, uh, a rally, and I don't think Donald Trump was at this rally. I think it was in Arizona, and they were talking about the election fraud there. And the video showed there was maybe like 70 people there, max. Nobody's showing up to these things. Because like Donald Trump's true socials, his truths, his rallies are all the same bullshit. And none of what they're saying has come to pass. None of it has been proven to be true. So I think even the dumbest of us, the trump are going, fuck, I've had enough. I can't continue to believe this shit if none of it is true. But Donald Trump is just going to ramp it up, amp it up, because he's really got nothing else he can do. He's got to try to create a shit show, try to create chaos, so somehow he can control the narrative. But people are tired of his shit, and they're not going to allow him to do it. Nobody's paying attention. I mean, it's like... Like Carrie Lake in Arizona. This woman is trying to claim election fraud. And guess what? Nobody's listening to her. Nobody fucking cares. She's small potatoes as governor of Arizona. She clearly lost. And she's trying to get some traction. But you know what? There is no traction to get. Nobody fucking cares. She can rant and rave all she wants. But nothing's going to be done about that. Katie Hobbs won that race fair and square. And Carrie Lake can say whatever the fuck she wants, but nobody is listening. And that's kind of starting to be the case with Donald Trump. He'll always have a small faction of people, his base, that will believe anything he says. But even the Republican Party is saying, yeah, now we can't. We can't do this anymore. You keep losing for us, so we got to step away. Maybe they look to Ron DeSantis, or maybe it's somebody totally different in 2024. But it's definitely not going to be Donald Trump, because Donald Trump keeps losing. As I've said before, he won in 2016. He basically lost it for the Republicans in 2018. He definitely lost in 2020 by 7 million votes to Joe Biden. And now the midterms were um, an embarrassment for the Republican Party. And even the Republicans are finally starting to say, yeah, it's on Donald. Donald's the one that dragged us down. So Donald's in the absolute worst position. One of the reasons he was able to do the things he did when he was president and even the two years thereafter is because the Republicans backed him, protected him. The uh, 
Department of Justice protected him. But none of that's happening anymore. A big majority of the Republicans just want to be done with him, to get away from him. And you have to wonder if that's where they want to be. Are they going to throw him under the bus? Are they going to testify? Are they going to expose some things that Donald Trump did? I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, Donald Trump can be nothing more than a thorn in the side of the Republican Party. He's not going to be the nominee. And assuming he gets through all the indictments and all this other shit, come 2024, his ego will force him to run as an independent. And then you got Kanye. Who the fuck knows? He's going to have to run as an independent. The Republicans are not going to make him a nominee. Wouldn't that be awesome? You got Kanye, you got Donald Trump, and you got the Republican nominee. You know what that means, don't you? That means the fucking Democrats win easily. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, we've got one big election left, and that is the runoff election in Georgia for the U.S. Senate seat. Incumbent Raphael Warnock is going against that fucking idiot, Herschel Walker. Now, here's what I'm wondering. My wife and I are going down to Savannah, Georgia on December 2nd, which is Friday. We're coming back December 5th, which is Monday, And then on Tuesday is Election Day, but they do have early voting there. Now, if Herschel Walker can have a primary residence in Texas, but still run for the U.S. Senate and actually vote in Georgia, I would think, given that we actually own a condominium in Georgia, that we should be able to vote. I mean, that's what you would think. But the fact of the matter is, if my wife and I did decide to vote, we'd probably get thrown in jail. Uh, The uh, Trump would make it a huge deal and slow everything down. So for the sake of um, expedience, (laughs) we won't vote. But it's going to be interesting to see what the atmosphere is like down there leading up to the election. It sounds like there's a lot of people voting already. In fact, I think I heard... Um, that there is more people voting early than in 2018, the midterms there, and that broke a record. So that tells us a lot. I've seen some videos and there are lines. People are really focusing on this and a lot of people are turning out. So early voting is underway in Georgia and uh, it's probably going to be pretty intense this next week or so of campaigning between GOP Senate candidate Herschel Walker and, as I said, the incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock. Walker and Warnock were forced to keep campaigning through December 6 because of the runoff. And I'll remind you why they are doing that. Warnock actually beat uh, Herschel Walker in the general election. But there's a rule, there's a law down in Georgia that whoever wins has to get at least 50% of the vote, and neither of them did. I mean, it was close. It was like 48 49%, but they never reached 50%. So now that calls for a runoff. The libertarian that was in the general election is out of there now, which should help Warnock. The libertarian would probably go the way of of the Democrat instead of the crazy fucking idiot that's running for the Republicans. Now, Warnock, if he should win, that would mean the Democrats increase their majority in the Senate, of course. Right now, um, if Herschel wins, it'll be 50-50. The Democrats will still have control in the U.S. Senate, but Kamala Harris will be the tiebreaker, the vice president, who is the president of the U.S. Senate. Um, now, even though Senate control is not on the line here, as many predicted it would be, Georgia is seeing high early voting turnout in the runoff. And we know that when there's a high turnout, that usually benefits the Democrats. Now, the data from Georgia's Secretary of State's website showed early Sunday 
that some 90,000 voters had already cast their ballots just a day, one day after early voting opened in some Georgia counties, after the Georgia Supreme Court denied a Republican bid to block Saturday early voting. Yeah, that's what the Republicans wanted to do. Uh, I think it started on Friday, and they wanted to say, you can't vote on Saturday. Well, why? We don't know. You just can't do it. (laughs) Supreme Court said, fuck yourself. Now, more Georgians voted on Sunday than on any Sunday in 2018, 2020, and 2022, or in the 2021 Senate runoff, according to Warnock's campaign director, Quentin Folks. So this is interesting. More than in 2018, 2020, 2022, and the 2021 runoff. More voters than any one of those days. That's good news for Democrats. Now, Georgia boasted record voter turnout through the midterms with uh, about 143,000 votes cast on the first day of early voting before the general election. Warnock has urged Georgians to show up again to reaffirm that slim one-point lead he saw in the general election. As of November 16th, Warnock had nearly three times as much funds at the ready as the challenger, according to CNBC. So that means he's going to be all over the place in the media, which will also be helpful to Warnock. On the first day of his runoff campaign, Walker reportedly raised $3.3 million for his runoff campaign. The Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee pledged $7 million for Warnock's runoff effort. So Warnock basically had twice as much cash as Herschel Walker. I mean, people in the Republican Party don't want to spend good money after bad especially when you have a candidate like Herschel Walker, who's probably sure to lose. I just have a really good feeling about this. Now, it was close in the general election, but now that everybody's focused on this, uh, the Democrats know how much is at stake. You're going to see the Democrats come out in force and beat Herschel Walker. And hopefully it has something to do with the fact that Herschel Walker is just inept and has no business being a senator. Now, Warnock touted his character in a new television ad after Walker has defended himself against abuse allegations from his ex-wife and claims from a former girlfriend that he paid for her abortion. Character is what you do when nobody is watching. It's about doing the right thing simply because it's the right thing and doing it over and over again, the Democrats said in a recent ad without naming Walker. Like I say, I have a good feeling about this. It's one thing when you have a million elections going on, you have a big long ballot where you have to vote for people and you're a Republican and you think, fuck it, I'll just vote for Herschel. Now we know more about Herschel. As I said, the runoff was probably a good thing because now Herschel had an opportunity to fuck himself over, to expose more of his misdeeds and failings, which he has done, and uh, that's just not going to help him. Um, Now, the Post, citing interviews with 15 anonymous former and current committee staffers, reported on Wednesday that the staffers became angered uh, um, by some of the things they've been hearing out of the Republican Party but not the real Republican Party, the crazy fucks uh, by Liz Cheney. So let's get to that one. Anyway, the Herschel Walker and the uh, uh, Raphael Warnock thing happens on December 6th. I'm coming back on the 5th. It's going to be interesting to see what the atmosphere is down there when I'm down there. Uh, I'm not going to vote because I don't have time for that. He doesn't need our two votes because Warnock's going to win. Anyway, Representative Adam Schiff, now he's a member of the House January 6th panel investigating the Capitol riot. 
Uh, on Sunday, he pushed back on something the Washington Post said, reporting the, the reports were suggesting there was some tension between committee staffers and Representative Liz Cheney, the panel's vice chair. Now, they said 15 anonymous former and current committee staffers reported on Wednesday that the staffers became angered by Cheney's efforts to focus the panel's final report on former President Trump, believing it would leave out the key elements of the committee's work. Now, I mean, at least I certainly hope not, Schiff told co-anchor Dana Bash on CNN's State of the Union when asked if the story was true. And I, I can see that fight happening. It seems like the DOJ, it seems like the January 6th committee is really focused, laser focused on Donald Trump, and that makes all the sense in the world. But what some of these staffers are saying is there's a lot of other shit, there's a lot of other people. By not exposing that, we're doing a disservice to the country and to its citizens. And I tend to agree with that. I will say this, though, about Liz Cheney. I've said this about her before. A lot of people on the Democratic side have felt some affection toward her because she stood up against Donald Trump. And that is a dangerous thing to do because Liz Cheney is not a friend of the Democrats. She's quite the opposite. She's more traditional in her conservatism. But... uh, The thing she believes really is not in line with what most Democrats believe. I've said before I wouldn't vote for. I probably couldn't even be her friend. But if I was in a street fight, yeah, I'd I'd really want her there. So now we're hearing there's some infighting with the J6 committee, and I really don't care about that. The J6 committee are the folks that are just exposing the information. They aren't indicting anybody. They aren't doing anything uh, as far as punishing anybody for this. They're just there to expose the information. Now, it's an important job. The more we know, the harder it is for the DOJ to slip around stuff. But when it comes down to it, whatever their final report is, whether it's focused on Donald Trump or covers everything, I don't see how it matters. Because what really matters is the DOJ and what they're focusing on, and they're supposed to focus on anything that is criminal. And I trust that they will do that. I mean, Merrick Garland and now Jack Smith are sticklers for detail. And so whatever the January 6th committee does, that's fine. People have said, what are we going to do when the Republicans take over in January? I think the January 6th committee will be done by then. And if not, they can always hand it off to the Senate. And who knows, the Senate might say, well, that doesn't look like it's been done enough, so the Senate will now take it over. Who knows what's going to happen? When it comes down to it, I want to hear what the January 6th has to say, just so we're informed. But I'm more concerned with the DOJ and what they're going to do, because that's where the punishment is going to come from. Now, Schiff said, I would like to see a report to be as broad and inclusive as possible, Schiff said. We are discussing as a committee among the members what belongs in the body of the report, what belongs in the appendices of the report, what is beyond the scope of our investigation, and we'll reach those decisions in a collaborative manner. Now, Liz Cheney is the vice chair, so she has a fair amount of say, but if everybody else disagrees with her, she's not going to get too far. Now, the Post's report indicates that staffers view the Trump push as positioning the panel as a vehicle for Cheney's political future. There's a good point, including a potential presidential campaign. Now, as I say, Liz Cheney is the spawn of Satan, the daughter of Dick Cheney. And the idea that Liz Cheney might be looking out for her own best interest above anything else, that's not fucking crazy. That's not crazy at all. I mean, first of all, she's a Cheney. 
Second of all, she's a politician. This is something all politicians do. They'll get this worked out. I wouldn't worry about it. Schiff said, I've never viewed it that way, and I think her role on the committee has been indispensable. And it has. I mean, her and Kinzinger being on that committee makes it um, bipartisan. And that is a big step toward credibility. Now, Schiff from California on Sunday noted that the committee also plans to release documents it received during the investigations and transcripts of its hundreds of interviews. After a series of public hearings, the panel's report is expected to be released in the next few weeks as the committee wraps up its work before the GOP takes control of the House. So, as I said, I think the intention always was to get it done and over with by the time the Republicans get in, and that makes enough sense. I mean, let's be honest, the January 6th committee is only there to expose some things to nudge the DOJ. As I said, they are the ones that are going to mete out the punishment. So the J6 committee is there strictly for information. Now, Schiff said, I don't think the back and forth is particularly helpful for the committee, and I don't want to gauge you in it. We're going to get a consensus on the report. We're very close to that now, Schiff continued. We're close to putting down the pen and getting to print. And I think the report is going to set out in, I hope, a very comprehensive way what took place, what led to the attack, and all the circumstances. Essentially, what the J6 committee is doing is trying to find out what happened and why it happened. And then it's their job not to punish the culprits, but it is to enact some bills to make sure this doesn't happen again. Now, they have all the information, and I think it would be great if they do release the documents. Problem is, the average Joe won't read the documents because most people are too fucking lazy or too busy to do it. That said, the media will go through it, and they will expose the high points, and then we will learn about that by way of the media, assuming the media does the job it's supposed to be fucking doing. So, we'll see what's going to happen but I'm really honestly more concerned about the DOJ and doing what they need to do. We not only have to focus on Donald Trump, but we need to focus on the sitting members of Congress that were involved in the insurrection. Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, said Sunday on one of the Sunday shows that Senate Democrats likely don't have the 60 votes needed to pass a federal assault-style weapons ban that's once again being pushed by President Joe Biden in the wake of these mass shootings. You heard Joe Biden say that. We want to um, uh, pass a ban on federal assault weapons. Now, we had this at one time under, I think it was Bill Clinton. And surprise, surprise, when we had that under Bill Clinton, then uh, these shootings went down, which I would think everybody wants, regardless of what party you happen to be in. But, of course, the Republicans um, reversed that later on when they had power. Um, Now, Murphy is a leading gun control advocate in the Senate. He said in an interview with CNN's State of the Union when asked if the Democrats had the votes to approve the legislation that was passed by the House in July. Murphy said, yeah, probably not. That's not a big surprise. We've got a 50-50 split there. So that means we need 10 Democrats. Because, you see, Kamala Harris's vote only comes into play if there is a need for a tiebreaker. So we can't count her as an extra vote. So we have 50 U.S. senators currently in the Senate, and they need 60 to pass it because certainly the Republicans would come out with the filibuster, which forces them to have 60, and that's virtually impossible. This should not be a surprise to anyone. 
You said, but let's see if we can try to get the number as close to 60 as possible. If we don't have the votes, then we'll talk to uh, Chuck Schumer and maybe come back next year with maybe an additional senator and see if we can do better. Biden last week said he would like he would make a last ditch effort to ban assault style weapons. While Democrats still control both chambers of Congress, Republicans will take control of the House in January. The idea we still allow semi-automatic weapons to be purchased is frankly sick, said Biden. It has no social redeeming value, zero, none, not a single solitary rationale for it. Now, now, in addition to banning assault-style weapons, Murphy said another focus in Congress should be on how to handle counties that refuse to enforce the state and national gun laws. And <clears throat> that's a good point. Now, in Virginia and Colorado, where mass shootings just happened, state red flag laws are aimed at preventing gun violence, but they're not always followed. Like in the case of Colorado, where a gunman killed, what, five people at the LGBTQ nightclub with an assault-style rifle? The state's red flag law could have permitted a temporary seizure of the gunman's firearms and ammunition because of his past criminal record, though it's unclear whether it would have prevented the recent attack. There are no public records indicating the local law enforcement or his relatives tried to trigger this law. However... Enforcement or his relatives could have done something about it. Murphy suggested that the red flag law in Colorado may not have been imposed against the shooter in Colorado Springs. And part of that is because we know he's got a a grandfather that's an assemblyman in California. And presumably he's a lawyer and for some reason they got his records sealed so nobody knew. And um, there's a lot of people trying to subvert these laws. Even when the laws are in place, they're trying to subvert them. So as much as anything, they should look at trying to enforce these laws more. Just because they're on the books, if nobody's going to enforce them, they aren't worth fucking jack. Now... During an appearance on MSNBC's Katie Fang show, I kind of like her too. I think she's pretty solid. A former Georgia state senator who has appeared before the Fulton County Special Grand Jury looking into election tampering in the 2020 presidential election suggested that Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina might be in trouble. Yeah, I think he might, because he made a couple of calls to Brad Raffensperger as well. Donald Trump had one on audio tape, and I'm not sure if the ones that uh, Lindsey Graham made were recorded. I'm assuming they were. Um, But uh, as much as he didn't want to testify, his problems might be bigger than having to lie on the stand, because he may be implicated in this, too, as far as breaking the law. Now, Graham recently appeared before the grand jury after failing to avoid a subpoena where he was expected to be asked about calls he made to Georgia election officials. Now, after asking about the upcoming Georgia election runoff to fill a still pending U.S. Senate seat, Fang asked the former lawmaker, Jen Jordan, while I have you here, Senator Lindsey Graham testified before a Georgia special grand jury this past week. That grand jury, of course, investigating Donald Trump's calls to uh, Brad Raffensperger. Fulton County prosecutors wanting to question Lindsey Graham about phone calls he made to the Georgia Secretary of State. Um, Jan, should Lindsey Graham be worried about his legal exposure, asked Katie Fang. And Jordan said, yeah, they all should be. Look at the way the district attorney in Fulton County has been putting together this case, kind of brick by brick. Clearly, from my perspective, it looks like they're trying to build a RICO case. 
that is really problematic for anybody who is involved. That is the whole point with RICO, she elaborated. If you're just kind of one of the bricks, one of the cogs, one of the people who did something to move the conspiracy along, and you are going to get caught up in it too. So that means even if Lindsey Graham didn't do as much as uh, as uh, Donald Trump did, the fact that he was there to help Donald Trump makes him just as guilty. Now, Jordan said the district attorney has been very, very serious about this. She continued, if I were Lindsey Graham, if I were any of these folks, Rudy Giuliani, I would be incredibly worried. Now, the question is, is Lindsey Graham worried? Oh, yeah, I think he is. I think he's very fucking worried at this point. And I love it. I love the fact that he's having sleepless nights. And when we talk about sleepless nights, we've got to talk about Donald Trump. He is in desperation mode. And um, a former federal prosecutor, Glenn Kirshner, I've said before, I really like his stuff, um, said that former President Donald Trump is attacking the wife of special prosecutor uh, Jack Smith. And I talked about this, too. This is a sure sign of his desperation. He's not able to find enough stuff against Jack Smith, so he's trying to attack his wife. And what he's attacking his wife about is giving Joe Biden $1,000 for his campaign and for working on a, a documentary for about Michelle Obama. Well, <laughs> that ain't shit. There's nothing illegal there. And the fact that this woman may be a Democrat, now I know... Jack Smith has announced that he's an independent. He has no horse in either race, of either party. He's unbiased. But that doesn't mean his wife has to be. His wife isn't involved in the investigation. She is who she is. And she has a First Amendment right to do whatever the fuck she wants. But that's all they got. That's what they're trying to gin up. To make this guy look bad. And unfortunately for Donald Trump, it ain't going to work. Trump and his allies have been up in arms that Smith's wife's documentary filmmaker worked as a producer on Michelle's Obama's Becoming. And according to FEC filings, donated actually it was $2,000 to uh, Joe Biden's 2020 presidential campaign. None of that's illegal. None of that's crazy. I mean, it doesn't involve stealing top-secret documents. It doesn't involve insurrection. It doesn't involve creating fake electors. But uh, Trump is up in arms. And this is all he's got. This is all he's got to fucking complain about. Trump used that information as supposed evidence to support his persistent claims that the Justice Department is being weaponized against him, calling Smith a hardline radical left special counsel, which is not true. And when you go back when Donald Trump was in office, he clearly weaponized the DOJ. Remember, he had a guy in the DOJ who wanted to write letters to the secretaries of state saying that there was fraud found in the elections and they should stop counting. If that isn't weaponizing the DOJ, I don't know what is. Or weaponizing the IRS by saying, why don't you go after the guys that don't like me and uh, audit the fuck out of them? That's weaponizing the IRS. See, everything they do, everything he says is fucking projection. Everything he claims that somebody else is doing is something he's already done. Except the difference is, when he makes these claims and he makes these accusations, he's got no proof behind it. There is no evidence at all. So Kirshner said Trump is acting desperate because he finally knows that accountability is coming for him. And that is true. He also predicted that Trump's strategy would flop. Think about it. If the target of an investigation could create a conflict by attacking the prosecutor's spouse and then maybe somehow convincing people that the prosecutor's got to go, well, wouldn't that just encourage guys like Donald Trump to go after the prosecutor's spouse or family member? 
None of it is going to work. It hasn't worked before. It isn't going to work now. The only concern I have right now, and we haven't heard anything about this, we know that anybody that goes against Donald Trump or there's a threat against Donald Trump, these folks, Jack Smith and presumably his wife, are going to get physical and death threats. I got to be honest with you. If Jack Smith is getting death threats, that's not going to work as a benefit to Donald Trump. I think that's just going to piss Jack Smith off and he's going to come down even harder on Donald Trump. At least, you know, at least I hope that is the case. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like I say, this is Monday. I have a feeling some things are going to get stirred up. I'm not saying there's going to be an indictment this week. But I am saying some more shit is going to come out. We've got the election in Georgia. We've got a lot of stuff going on this week. So this could be yet another crazy week. And I hope we get some headway here and and some things going on that uh, puts Donald Trump closer to being shut up and shut down. Because I think that is the the essential thing to get done here. Because Donald Trump creates nothing but trouble, nothing but problems. And we need to shut him up first and foremost, shut him down. And then we need to deal with all the other Trump fucks that are in on this. But once you, well, what do they call it? You, you got to cut off the head of the snake. And, and the head of this snake happens to be fucking Donald Trump. So let's cut that off. I want to say a couple of other things. Um, I was talking about this Fuentes guy, the white supremacist. A couple of guys came to my TikToks and said, well, Fuentes is a Hispanic name, so he's a white supremacist? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly what I'm fucking saying. And it's not that he's just a white supremacist. You know, he wants to turn this country into a dictatorship so he can force this these abortion bans on the entire country. I don't care if his name is Fuentes or Johnson or whatever the fuck. He's a piece of shit. It doesn't matter what his last name is. The last thing I wanted to talk about, and I talk about this from time to time, every so often I'll get people, well, you had a good speech, but don't swear so much. Here's the deal. I'm not going to alter what I do or who I am for one or two people who don't like to hear the swearing. If it's that troubling to you, don't fucking listen. Just don't listen. I don't care. The way I talk is the way I talk. In fact, I'm not going to give you the names. If the people that I met for coffee just last week, uh, if you were to talk to them, I'm sure they would say, yeah, he talks just the same way, yeah, whether he's having coffee or whether he's doing a TikTok or a podcast, because that's just who I am. That's the most important thing for me when I do these shows or do the TikToks, is that what you see is truly me. You might not like it, and that's fine. That's your prerogative. You may not like that I swear, but I'm not changing it for fucking anybody. This is just me. I don't care if everybody likes me. I really don't. I'm just doing what I do and seeing how it ends up. And frankly, it's been pretty successful for me on TikTok and the podcast. So I'm not going to change anything. The reason I get so annoyed by this is because when you work in the radio business and you work for somebody else, a corporation or individuals or whatever it is, they're constantly trying to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. Now, the reason I do a podcast is because I don't want to deal with those fucks. And so when people come in my comments on TikTok and say, you should do this, my first reaction is, fuck you, fuck yourself, because I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to change anything for anybody. If I have zero listeners, zero viewers on TikTok, I'm still going to do the same shit, whether you or anybody likes it or not. Now, I'm glad to say the vast majority of the people that listen to the podcast and watch me on TikTok have no problem with the swearing. In fact, some of them like it 
for whatever reason. And I'm not doing it just because you like it. Um, and I, again, I said this, I think, in a previous podcast. I got my greatest compliment, I think. There was a commenter on one of my TikToks, and he happened to be an African-American gentleman. And he said, man, you swear like a brother. I love what you have to say. I take that as a a great vote of confidence, and thank you for that. So anyway, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I hope you have a great day, and of course, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.